0: Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to another episode of the Disney Adjacent Movie Marathon. Next month, I'm going to be taking some time off for a vacation, so to stretch out my release schedule, I thought I would share another episode of Every Version Ever with you, talking about a movie that is definitely not Disney, but one that they really tried to go for a Disney style with, The Nutcracker Prince. Like I said last week, I'm doing a series on versions of The Nutcracker for Christmas in July on my other podcast. And while I think I have found all the Disney adaptations, this one, while not Disney itself, was really trying to be Disney really trying to capitalize on the popularity Disney was gaining in the late 80s, early 90s, and really trying its best to mimic their style. The Nutcracker Prince has mostly been forgotten about by the world at large, but it does have a few fans out there, including my friend Jenna, who suggested this to me as a podcast ages ago. So when I eventually decided to do an Every Version Ever series on Nutcracker adaptations, I knew this would have to be first on the list. I don't know that I had ever heard of this movie before you mentioned it. Was this another movie that you grew up with?
1: Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I remember it playing on the Disney channel, I believe at the time. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you didn't have this as a VHS. You just watched it on TV.
1: I think we recorded it off TV.
0: Oh, um, okay.
1: Yeah. But I grew up with this. Um, Nick Crocker in general, was a very important story to me growing up, like because I was also in the ballet quite a few times.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a local production.
0: Well, still, that's
1: yeah, that's still <laughs> interesting. It's still <laughs> um, something cool you.
0: to be involved with.
1: Yeah, so I, I was young at the time, so I was the mouse first year, <laughs> and then the second year, um, I was a horse soldier. So I, I had to like dance with like a horse hung on me. It was awkward, but it was fun. Uh-huh. Um, and then a year after that, I was supposed to be a mouse again, except I was going to be kind of like the leader of the kids, kid mice, but they ended up having to cancel the production because not enough ballerinas auditioned.
0: Mm.
1: But anyway, yeah, so I have a history of this production uh, with the story. Uh, and this was the the movie I grew up with that I preferred the most because I, I, watched, I watched a few versions, but mostly most of the other versions I knew about were like actually ballet versions. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed seeing it as like an actual story, and it still had ballet in it, which now as an adult I don't know if I like the ballet in it, <laughs> particularly the. Uh, sorry, jumping into it particularly the rotoscoping really uh, disagrees with the character designs when they're dancing. So it's. it's I very I scranged.
0: wondered if that was I know which part you're talking about because I thought yeah. to myself, is that rotoscoping this? Like it, it doesn't look bad, but it was. Kind of strange, but also they changed animation styles part for part of it. So it was like, man, eh, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know you're talking about the the short the story inside. Yeah, yeah, but even like outside of the story portion, the character designs have huge eyes for some reason.
0: Yeah, I noticed. It was like they were trying yeah. to be Disney, but it was bigger than Disney. Even.
1: Yeah, it was. It's a very strange style. The proportions of the features are not consistent especially at some points you have like really short arms
0: i thought like i didn't study every frame but i i felt at points i was like this doesn't really feel like it's on model
1: yeah there are quite a few off model portions and then some some parts you have like really good animation like mm-hmm. disney quality kind of animation and then but most of it is like really subpar animation yeah. so it's a very interesting film when it's beautiful i i I think it's beautiful. But when it's not, it struggles. It flounders. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? I
0: thought it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just fine. Yeah. Another, like, the last one we did, similarly, of The Princess and the Goblin, I think I feel about the same. It's not something that I would probably go back to, but I'm glad I watched it.
1: Well, the interesting thing about this one is, uh, have you watched any other Nutcrackers yet?
0: I've watched some shorts. Well, I've watched the Disney one. And which uh. is uh, even for someone who's not very familiar with the Nutcracker, I could tell that the live-action Disney one was not the story at all.
1: Wait, watch the live-action Disney one. Which one's that?
0: Twenty eighteen, I believe. Nutcracker in the Four Realms.
1: Oh my gosh! I repressed that. <laughs> <laughs> I repressed that so hard. I I have the same thing kind of with that film where I like a lot of portions of it. But most of it, I have problems. This yeah. one is a little bit of the opposite, where uh, I like most of it, and little parts are the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't watched a whole lot of, like, straight, faithful adaptations, which I hopefully will before the end of at least the miniseries I'm doing for this year. I have some uh, in mind that I'm probably going to do. This is, like, the earliest one that we're doing, other than the couple of Disney ones I did last year that will be mm. folded into the every version ever every series. So I have not yet read the book or seen a full straight Nutcracker ballet, which I'm hoping to do before I actually get into more versions. I I have a book in my Amazon shopping cart. And I didn't I realize
1: I was choosing your first introduction to like a faithful <laughs> Nutcracker. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in that case, you're, you're not going to, you're, you're going to miss some of the, uh, what, what should I say, specialties of this version? Because um, in particular, the ballet... So I don't know if you know the history of the Nutcracker story at all.
0: I know a little bit more now, because yesterday I was mm. looking into the story more... And I realized that a lot of what I thought they had made up for this movie actually came from the book. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that this was... <laughs> this yeah. might
1: be... I haven't seen every Nutcracker version, so keep in mind. Uh, but this might be the most faithful adaptation of the book.
0: I kind of wondered after I started yeah. researching. I was like, okay, there's more to this book than I thought there was. Because like I've seen parts of the ballet... But yeah. it sounded like a lot of the stuff from the ballet was made up for the ballet. Yes. Didn't come from the book.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so that was interesting.
1: Yeah. And the well the so what kind of happened with this the book itself is that the book was written and if I'm not mistaken by E. T. A. Hoffman. Yeah. And then then it was a, adapted by somebody else, um, Alexandra Dumas, I think.
0: I'll check the Wikipedia page. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, Three Musketeers guy? It is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not wrong. Oof. Um, that would have been embarrassing. But, alright. So he adapted it into, like, a shorter-form story, I believe. And the ballet is based off his adaptation. Okay. Um, So it's kind of like a little bit of a game of telephone, in a sense. That's um, kind
0: of what I was feeling. Because, the, like, yeah. every version changed it a bit until you get to what is the standard ballet version whereas the original book had some weird stuff
1: the ballet itself also changed over time too Mm -hmm. as it transported around the world yeah but yeah when you watch the ballet and and having been in it myself of course i could be biased because when i was in it i was always in the first act and i didn't care for the second act at all but i always felt the second act was really really weak because it's basic but nothing happens it's just a bunch of it's kind of more of a celebration that they won, right? Like, uh, mm. it's more... It's supposed to be more of a spectacular kind of... It's not... There's no story. And unfortunately, that just... It, when you're story-driven like I am, that just makes me... It makes you bored, you know? <laughs> like, well, ugh, nothing's happening. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of how ballets were at the time. Ballets weren't really... They were more about the spectacle of something than, like, the story...
0: Mhm.
1: So it makes sense from a ballet perspective. However, the story as we know it, everybody knows it from the ballet, which means when people have tried to adapt the Nutcracker to like a movie, I I think it 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 kind of has an Alice problem in a way, doesn't it? And that it doesn't really have a story.
0: <laughs> that um, I thought I didn't think of that, but here right. Yeah,
1: yeah. At least in terms of the ballet version, like it yeah. has a story In the first part, and then it just abruptly stops.
0: Yeah.
1: So that said, to be honest, the original book is also... It's been a while since I've read it, As a disclaimer. But it has more of a story than what the ballet turned it into, but it's also not kind of like a story as we would think of it. The ultimate resolution is still the same, that Marie ends up with the Nutcracker and, you know, happily ever after. And I think they still go to the land of sweets, So that wasn't like something the ballet completely made up, but there's still like, there's still no art- overarching story at the end. I believe it's more about Marie getting, you know, like she's not believed is more of the point. Cause obviously the adults are like, she's ill. <laughs> 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 so that, that said the book also like what transpires in act one of the ballet in the book, it transpires over quite a long time. It's not just one night. Okay. Which, uh, in this film, they do refer to in a sense because they have the battle kind of take place over the uh, span of two days. But anyway, sorry, I'm getting off track. My point is, so as a kid, I always, I didn't, I hadn't read the book as a kid, but I always found this movie interesting because, in my point of view, as a kid that only had the ballet version, it filled in a lot of like story holes, like loopholes that I didn't that the ballet didn't feel for me. So I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. as well as a lot of like, uh, personally, I like a lot of the concepts they, they have. And then in particular, I really, really love that when they do go to the, I guess in this, it's the land of toys. Um, when they do go there, it's not just a celebratory showboat, something happens, mm-hmm. you know, so I really enjoy that. And I also kind of enjoy, there's a little, you know, a little bit of, Uh, they bring more of, like, Marie dealing with growing up, which is kind of also a theme in the original book. Like, for instance, the last doll is mentioned. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's, they they kind of expanded on that. And I I love, I absolutely love when she was like, well, I want to grow old and they all start dying. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. It's traumatizing. It's brilliant, but I also love that because it makes her face the the Mouse King on her own, mm-hmm. um, and that's actually I think some of the best animation in the movie is when he's like trying to go after her.
0: The, the thing that stood out to me in that scene was his noises, his like death yeah. rattle.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like
0: this. This could traumatize some children.
1: <laughs> it traumatized me, but in a good way. I really loved it. Um, <laughs> He, he's so much <laughs> scarier in that scene than he is in the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, which you know, in the beginning, he's really a big joke. In fact, he's rather annoying.
0: Well, the, the first scene when because they're in a whole different animation style, it seems like one of those sixties yeah. cartoons. So everything is more goofy.
1: Yeah. So you don't true. really
0: get a sense that he's dangerous. He's just this wannabe tyrant, I guess.
1: Yeah. The so even in like the first and second battles becomes more as a, like a blowhard than actually like he's still mm-hmm. he's dangerous but he's not like scary yeah. you know what I mean yeah but in the last scene when he comes out and he's coming after Marie I was sorry in the movie in this movie is Clara that's the one thing I don't like about this movie is that they they name her Clara and I'll explain that in a bit but um I I love that you know, he's goofy, and then this scene, he's, like, terrifying, and he's just making these, you know, and...
0: Yeah, the death rattle. He's, like, he's been stabbed, he's bleeding, he's dying.
1: He's more like, it almost feels like he's a zombie, right? It's kind of terrifying because he's not even, like, talking to her. He's just...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I really enjoy that it's one-on-one, in a sense, because that's... Sorry, I'm just rambling all over the place. Because in the book in itself, I really enjoy that, um... Marie has a little bit of agency in the book because you don't see that a lot in older children's media of young female characters having some agency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, she defeats the mouse king by throwing her slipper. And in the ballet, it kind of loses power, I think, because she's the same size as them. And they, can't. you know, like, I don't think most people even notice that she throws the slippers, to be honest. I think they just think, like the, the nutcracker defeats him so the
0: slipper thing happens in the ballet too
1: yes it does okay but it's not very powerful in the ballet because i don't think most people really notice it's going on
0: well i can imagine it wouldn't because in this she's a human size and they're like mouse and toy size
1: yeah so her throwing the slipper is way more um powerful yeah you'd say so it, i enjoy that she's given some agency and then this movie goes a little step farther and giving her even more agency at the end mm-hmm. and I kind of like how it ends where she's just like in a mist and you know like wow that's a horrible nightmare <laughs> and I, I guess I kind of like I don't know how did you feel about the ending where she runs to her uncle Drosselmeyer's shop and he's there
0: I really wasn't sure what to make of a lot of what happened I guess <laughs> <laughs> because I by the end, I wasn't sure if she had just been having a dream this whole time. <laughs> yeah. They implied that it actually happened, but I was still kind of confused. and it's one of those things where it's not that big of a deal because like fairy tale logic, I'll just go with it. yeah, but i I still wasn't sure if they were specifically meaning for it to have been a dream or not.
1: I would have kind of looked to be honest, I kinda of would have liked a bit more ambiguity with that because I like I like ambiguity in my fairy stories sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. but he gives Hans gives this little like smirk. Like I and I think it's because he's supposed to know what she's thinking because it was real. It did happen. But he it comes across as like predatory and stuff. <laughs> um Anyway, so I, I think because of that knowing smirk, yes, it did. It was supposed to have happened.
0: Yeah, I kind of figured, but it was still ambiguous enough that I questioned.
1: Yeah. And I enjoy the ambiguity. I don't know. Maybe this movie is what started me off on like enjoying ambiguous things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so maybe I could blame this movie. Anyway, uh before I forget, so the one problem I have with this film is. In the book, her name is Marie, and Clara is her last doll. That's the name of her last doll. And this, um, But in the ballet, I think Clara is a, a lot of people think it's a more special, prettier name. Okay. So a lot of ballet versions would go with Clara. And this film, even though it's mostly based off the book, they decided to go with the most popular ballet version, Clara, and that the doll would be Marie. And this is Marie Erasure, and I don't like it. <laughs> um the, you know i it might i might be biased because my middle name is marie but um you know leave marie alone you know let her have <laughs> <laughs> clara is the doll everybody please <laughs> and uh yeah what <laughs> do you do you prefer a name
0: i guess i never really thought about it. i have noticed that the name is not consistent but it tends to either be clara or marie and i didn't know why
1: yeah, so that, that's why, because at some point someone thought Clara sounded better, and uh, it just kind of continued from there. The, the ballet is just this enormous game of telephone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I've probably just always thought of her as Clara without even really knowing, because I think most of the ones that I've seen, she has been Clara. Yeah. But I, I do know that there are other ones that I've either seen or read about or seen parts of, where it was Marie, so I knew it was not consistent, and there was probably a reason, but I didn't know the reason.
1: Yeah, so that's the reason. Now you know. Um, <laughs> it's always funny that my favorite movie adaptations of, sto- of books like this like always portray me on some major thing. Um, <laughs> like the Return to Oz, they use the ruby slippers instead of silver. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll forgive it. The rest of it's uh, decent, in my opinion. If anything, I feel like the movie kind of would have been. I I feel like this is a problem with a lot of Nutcracker movies in general, is that I feel like they rely a little bit too much on the ballet, especially like, I'm going to say it wrong, Tchaikovsky's score. Tchaikovsky? Yeah. It's a famous score. You know, it's beautiful. But when it's like all of your music, I feel like his music works for dance. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: know if it works as a film score. You know what I mean?
0: Probably, but I think the the thing that I'm most familiar with is his score. So, mm. like the ones that I've been watching recently, or the like watching some clips, it seems weird when they don't have it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying don't have it at all. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, maybe not make it the basis. I don't know. At least if I was doing a Nutcracker, what I would do is probably choose a few like pieces of it and build off of that, like let it inspire a new score and not just like do it score like note by note. In particular, mm-hmm. like the one thing I'm thinking of when she's running to at the end, when she's running to the uncle Drossmire shop and it, bah, 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 bah. you know, it's like really, <laughs> I, I understand they chose that because it's dramatic, but it's really overpowering. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I'd say it fits what's her, what's going on with her running. I mean, you could, you could argue it does, but I don't think it does. So I, I feel like, I feel like sometimes you set, when you work on something that everybody is familiar with, but you don't do anything, your own style, you run the risk of being forgotten yourself. If that makes sense. Um, and yeah, being yeah. Limited by what's been done before. For instance, technically, this version has like its own song and nobody knows it because it's just done to one of Tchaikovsky's songs. I
0: thought that you was know? so weird.
1: <laughs> if you could hear me now. Um, like, yeah, it's like the only I, song in the whole thing, isn't it?
0: It worked like with, when they took Tchaikovsky's score for Sleeping Beauty, I, it worked better when they gave that one words. But the Disney version that have added words now seems to have overtaken Tchaikovsky's score as the most popular one. And that did not happen with this. It just felt weird in this version.
1: (laughs) I I think another thing is, to be honest, the Sleeping Beauty score is better than the Nutcracker score. I don't know if you know the backstory of this score at all.
0: I know a little bit. I know that it was not popular. Know what?
1: About the bet. No. Tchaikovsky Ch- again, sorry. I probably I'm butchering the name. But he was <laughs> You um, can
0: think of it this way. Like chai as in chai tea, cow as tea, in the, the animal. <laughs> chai Kowski, Like the the, the sport. Yeah, Kowski, Even though it smelled try-kowski. completely different.
1: <laughs> All right, thank you. That helps. You think I would know it being a a casual nutcracker fan? But I'm a filthy casual, and I don't know anything. <laughs> um, Kowski. he had a bet. Um, somebody bet him that he couldn't make a score with just ascending and descending notes, and he's like, "Screw you! Yes, I can." And that's the <laughs> Nutcracker score. So if you listen to it, and when, once I found this out, and I was like, "Wow, I really can't unhear this now." You know, every note connects to each other, like up or down.
0: Okay, I'm trying to think of it, but yeah. I th-
1: if you can't hear me now, if I can only get through, it all connects. So it's very, or da, 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 da. it's a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that said, he, it's brilliant for like the limitation it was with the bed. Uh-huh, yeah. It's very, it's well done. But in terms of like his overall catalog of music, it's not as best because of that limitation. And I guess that's part of why I would argue Nutcracker films are limited when they stick to the score. Because while, yes, it's probably like the best known part of the Nutcracker story in general is the score, compared to like Sleeping Beauty, it's um, not very good. I feel like Sleeping Beauty translated better because it was a better score. But I don't know, you know obviously at some point it's subjective opinion probably like uh, i i
0: I think i get what you're saying yeah i think there are a lot of parts of the nutcracker that i do love and i would say are among his best but not the entire thing because i do think a lot of it is kind of boring kind of forgettable but there is a lot of it that is like iconic and amazing so it is a limitation in that regard i guess if like not that i would want to make a version of for myself but if I were, I probably would do the thing where you just pick out a few favorites and use those and not try and do the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I that's what I would do. you know I, I'd maybe like let my composer be inspired by yeah. the original score kind of like you know like sampling from it in a sense. yeah um, yeah and just be like, please do your own thing. I kind of want the same vibe, you could take parts of it. It needs to have its own individuality as well. Is notice there's never been a Nutcracker movie that has had its own score that's <laughs> popular, you know, obviously because mm. it's all it's all the same.
0: Um, well, not that I've seen a lot of Nutcracker yet, yeah, but I have noticed that most of the time they try and do the ballet, and oh. before before I started researching, I think I just assumed that everything came from the ballet. Like I knew there was a book. But I thought that the ballet, I, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of the ballet was an adaptation of the book, and I didn't mm. realize how weird the book was.
1: <laughs> kind of like how Peter Pan was, was play first in a book later, I think.
0: Yeah, something like yeah. that. Like, I hadn't really given it much thought. So it was a little bit mind-blowing when I realized, wait a minute, this whole ballet is based on this book, and the ballet did not take the book faithfully enough for me to actually know what the book is about. Because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> watching yeah. this version, there was so much in it that I was like, well, they just really did their own thing, didn't they? And then I <laughs> look into it and I'm like, oh, this is actually from the book. <laughs>
1: yeah, in particular, the whole thing with Princess Burly Pad. Yes, and that that the, whole
0: scene, I was like, they ju- they just made this up. No, that nope, came from nope. the book.
1: <laughs> yeah. as This might be the only version that faithfully adapts that story.
0: I'm um, I'm wondering. I of, at least. I, yeah, I, I will obviously find more as I'm going. I know yeah. there's one or two others that I I recognize the name Perlopat, so she's in yeah. other versions. But
1: well, what, what, in particular, I am thinking of the Japanese Nutcracker fantasy. I believe they have Princess Perlopat. Okay. Um, but it's done a little differently. If you watch that one, I'd be interested in talking about it with you because I also really like that one. Okay. Um. But uh. That one still has problems. <laughs> Every Nutcracker has problems. Um, that, got, I was talking to Rachel Wagner
0: it. about doing yeah. Nutcracker versions, and she was like, "There just isn't that many good ones. There's like no good full adaptations." Like she's she's watched enough that she was like, "You're you're going to have a chore on your hands getting through all these." <laughs> uh,
1: I think they're I think they'd be kind of interesting, but yeah, you're you're going to
0: have it. I, it's interesting for me. Like I don't care if they're bad. Like. Yeah. <laughs> In some ways, I kind of like it when a lot of them are about, because I think it makes for a more interesting conversation. That's
1: so, true. like,
0: I don't care if I, if, if my entire yeah. first season, or whatever you want to call it, of doing versions of The Nutcracker turns out to be terrible versions, which it's not, because I don't think this one is terrible. If it all turned out to be terrible, I wouldn't care, because it still is an interesting conversation. And it's interesting for me to see how many ways people have tried to do things. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is also interesting. And in particular with The Nutcracker, because even though there's a book, the book story isn't fantastic either, you could say. It's still... The ballet, like, simplified it. But anyway, what I'm saying is, even just going back to the book itself doesn't give you, like, the sense of a story as it would as you would want nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is why I feel that they this movie added the whole bit with her. I want to grow up and see the world and which I don't know why you would see this toyland and be like, yeah, I want to go back out to my world. <laughs> I guess the idea of her also wanting to be a ballerina is part of why she wants to go back. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a weird take, I think, because I don't think at the time period this takes place that that would have been a viable career for her social status, but it is what it is. Oh by the way um her kitten Pavlova it was a famous russian ballerina.
0: I wondered about that because well when i when she first called it Pavlova i was like that's kind of weird that she would name a cat after dessert and then i started thinking well i guess we do that too like we name animals like muffin and stuff. <laughs> so then i was wondering like I wonder where the name Pavlova came from so i started looking it up and it said it was an it was an australian or new zealand dessert that was named after a russian ballerina yeah so i was like oh okay well that makes sense
1: <laughs> i actually because i was in ballet i knew about the ballerina before i knew about the dessert um, okay
0: i didn't i knew about i knew like i've never even tried pavlova i just know what it is because i've watched people make it online but that was the first thing that came to my mind i was like oh a russian ballerina so perfect
1: so i finally like i don't think she was even born at the time this movie would have taken place <laughs> um so when what i forget when pavlova was a thing but she was much later and she was not a thing at this time at point in time at all probably so not there wouldn't have been a dessert there wouldn't have been no. a ballerina so the kitten's name is pavlova for no reason at all <laughs>
0: Well, if it was somebody's last name, maybe the, they named the kitten after some, maybe like she, they had an Uncle Pavlova or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, "Who are you selling this kitten? What's your name?" And he's like, "Andrea Pavlova." They're like, "We'll name it Pavlova." <laughs> yeah, you know, like, um, but to us modern day viewers, it's supposed to be a reference to the balance. Yeah. And in general, I think this. I don't know. I just I would like to see more nutcrackers that aren't focused so much on the ballet like you could have taken the ballet out of this version and lose absolutely nothing Mm
0: -hmm. for most of the cast i don't know who they are
1: they're pretty forgettable
0: but there was a few standout names i was like what (laughs) like Kiefer sutherland as prince hans slash the nutcracker and megan follows as clara which I don't know if you know who that is, but she played Anne of Green Gables in like the most iconic Anne of Green Gables version yeah. that I watched so yeah. many times growing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that version too.
0: And then Phyllis Diller as the Mouse Queen.
1: <laughs> Phyllis Diller was doing anything at the time. She <laughs> remembered she did Alice through the Looking Glass just a few years before this.
0: I think Phyllis Diller is one of those actresses who would just do whatever like yeah, somebody just said her a script, a script. yeah I'll do it yeah I'll do it
1: yeah yeah. she didn't even <laughs> read it but she got to the recording studio she read it like oh this is awful The thing <laughs> I'm getting paid money for this <laughs> and...
0: yeah yeah but the other one that stood out was Peter O'Toole as Pantaloon which I don't know if there's a character named Pantaloon in the book but it was like this is a weird character
1: I honestly don't remember if there was the funny thing about Pantaloon in this film is that he has the best animation consistently out of everybody. It's really weird.
0: Now that you're mentioning that, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, if you watch this film and just watch Pantaloon, you're like, wow, this is Disney quality animation. And he looks better than everybody else that is with him like at all times. Um, it's really, really weird.
0: I, I wonder if they did what Disney usually does or did whack when they did 2d films where they give each character to a different animator and maybe whoever got pantaloon was just a really good animator.
1: I guess. Um, it's unfortunate that probably Clara would have done better.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Considering she's the lead, uh, (laughs) but you know, at least he's fun to watch. Oh, speaking of Peter O'Toole. Oh, wow. Uh, weird connection with phantasmagoria. Tiziana said that she wanted Peter O'Toole to play Lewis Carroll and Phantasmagoria. <laughs> so it's very coincidental connection here. Yeah. But yeah, he does a good job. All the voice casts actually, they, they do pretty good jobs. Uh I, I don't care for the Mouse King. I find him annoying, but I think that's the point. He's supposed to be yeah. annoying.
0: I didn't write his name down, but he was some famous Canadian comedian.
1: And then um who else was annoying? <laughs>
0: Um, just the mice in general i thought were annoying. the mice in general
1: were annoying um marie the doll was annoying
0: what marie. was with her like she was like supposed to be some sort of southern bell
1: yeah it's like southern bells didn't exist yet get out
0: <laughs> especially in the 1800s russia or germany oh, or wherever it was germany. supposed to be yeah
1: this is germany so it's like yeah get out of here what's <laughs> Why
0: I heard her start talking, I was like, "Why is she a Southern belle?"
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it make more sense for her just to be French? Like, I don't understand.
0: It probably would have, yes.
1: Yeah, like she could have been at all from France, and that would have made so much more sense. but so mm-hmm. they didn't do that, and I don't know why.
0: Maybe she was imported from America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't need to be thinking up reasons for things. Yeah. They just are.
1: <laughs> you ever seen that comic meme where it's the guy with his arms crossed, and then the second panel has him throwing his hands up, going, "I guess that's how I feel <laughs> about that." <It's> like <laughs> 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 uh, and she's just like she's just annoying in general but it doesn't feel to be much point in her character. She is in the book and Trudy's in the book too. I don't remember Pantaloon if he's in the book. I don't think he's given such a big role. Maybe mm-hmm. I do enjoy that. They come up with a reason for why they have to go to the land of dolls. Yeah. Um. So that's really good because in the ballet, especially there's no reason for them to go there. They're just like, let's go there. <laughs> so at least Pantaloon serves that purpose. Oh, I did want to say I really love that they use the castle so much. The
0: mechanical
1: the book, castle. Yeah, the mechanical castle. I don't remember how they get there in the book, but um, in the book, I know Drosselmeyer does make this mechanical castle. And as a kid, I always wanted to go in one of those kind of things and like look at things up close. So like the idea of being able to go into the castle, I loved that as a kid. And then mm-hmm. especially like when she's when Clara's shrinking and she's like trying to get all the the other toys up. And it's it feels so Alice to me.
0: I guess it does kind of. I didn't yeah. think of it in terms of that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and I especially love when Marie's being a, a little fusspot and Clara's <laughs> like, I'm shrieking, Marie. <laughs> you know like that also feels very Alice to me, having to argue with somebody to do something. Um I don't know, I really like that scene. I also like the swans, them taking off. Yeah is I also had I had a little toy castle as a kid that had like swans in it and a river just like that.
0: Hmm. So I
1: guess that appealed to me especially as a kid, but that that's very coincidental. <laughs> it was not based off his movie or anything.
0: I, I was just gonna say I wonder if it was, but I guess swans they're kind swans of very generic. And they're kind of like I mean they're not like always associated with royalty, but you frequently will see swans near castles in certain imagery. Well, sort on, like, of like in peacocks.
1: England, yeah, in England, swans are the, the majesty's animal, I think.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah, so they are associated with royalty.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so like, uh, that's not an unusual connection, but uh, it was very coincidental to me as a kid that I had a toy that was very similar to that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I also like that they go up into the Christmas tree, because that was also something I loved to do as a kid. As a kid, I loved to play with the ornaments, <laughs> and I I wanted to be in the Christmas tree with the ornaments. I just felt like that was like a fantastic place to be. And I don't know why it just was. So I, I always enjoyed when movies do that. Like uh, the other thing I can think of is like, have you ever seen the Pluto cartoon with Chip and Dale yes. in the Christmas tree? Yeah, yeah. That was another one I really liked the 2009 nutcracker. I think also goes in the Christmas tree. So basically if you go in a Christmas tree, you get a 10 out of 10 for me. Um <laughs>
0: One thing that I thought was weird of this movie was when they're like flying into the Land of Dolls, they say that th- it's every Christmas tree we've ever had <laughs> like down below. And I was like, yeah. so is the Land of Dolls like the Christmas tree afterlife?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> like how can and how can she recognize them from so yeah. far too?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of hilarious, but it because, does. It is kind of like kid logic, like, oh yeah, I guess. Well, that's where a Christmas tree goes. When when we get rid of it, it's got to go somewhere. Why not go to the Christmas dolls. tree forest?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's very child logic. It's very dream logic. So I do, you know, like I don't mind it too much. It it is non- yeah. nonsensical, but
0: no, I just, it's, it's not something I minded. I just thought it was funny that they mentioned that. Yeah. I was like, oh, was that the Christmas tree afterlife? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's interesting, though, now that I think about it, because, it, you know, and also with her later, like, being like, no, I want to grow up. I guess the land of dolls is more symbolic of, like, Clara's mind, her spirit, like, her, her eternal system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the forest of Christmas trees is more like memories, right? Like, she remembers these Christmas trees.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: So it's, I don't know, it's it, it's interesting. I, I like that they kind of make Act Two more about Clara. I have I don't have words today, but I, I hope you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I was thinking of it more in terms of something along the lines of Neverland, like not wanting to grow up.
1: Yeah, it's her own Neverland, and I yeah. I really like it. I've always enjoyed that theme in children's literature. Mm-hmm. And Peter Pan was not the first to do it. Nutcracker did have themes of this. And it was an earlier book. Mm-hmm. You kinda you kinda also have the I don't believe in fairies kind of part, right? Where it's like Yeah, they, I wanna grow up, they'll die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they stay dead like they should. <laughs> but no, it, it is very symbolic of childhood because you know, like our when we're children, our toys are alive, right? Because it's what we decide, you know, like they live off us. And then when you're adult, you, like you realize they're not that as magical on their own like you thought they were. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy that. I kind of wish there was a bit more resolution on that in a sense, because I do like for instance, part of the reason why I like Alice is because at the end of Alice, Lewis Carroll's like, well, Alice is gonna grow up, but she's going to like carry her childhood with her and share it with other children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I always found that a very comforting message yeah so i was an alice fan i would have liked a little bit more of you know maybe some more hint of that which you don't get but then again you get ambiguity which is also good so this movie makes me feel a lot of things i don't
0: (laughs) (laughs) that tends to happen with things you grew up with
1: yeah i like it don't get me wrong but i do think it's flawed Mm -hmm. um and while i kind of like the ending i also kind of don't but i don't know if i would change it because on the other hand, you don't. Maybe I don't want it. Maybe I like that it ends short. You know, like I don't want it to go on and on.
0: Mm-hmm. It did seem a bit abrupt. Like I was expecting a little bit more to happen, and then it was over.
1: Yeah, a little bit more resolution. I guess dreams are kind of like that, aren't they?
0: Yeah.
1: And sometimes you don't get resolution for your dreams.
0: Yeah, I would say most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing we haven't really talked much about is something that I thought was interesting, even though I don't know how much people would have even paid attention. The fact that it it switches animation styles when he's telling her the story of how the Nutcracker came to be. Mm. Like, did you even, when you were a kid, did that even stand out to you as a a thing? Like, did you notice?
1: I, I noticed, definitely. I mean, it's very obvious. Honestly, though, like, when I think of this movie, like, oh, the Nutcracker Prince. Like I don't even I don't remember that part mm-hmm. until like I really like actually think about the movie. I more think about like the the battle or when she goes to the land of dolls
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the castle. Like it it's it's not a highlight. Basically, I kind of repress it. It doesn't look very nice. It
0: it is. I think it is supposed to be like specifically the style of like the sixties cheap animation. And I oh. wondered part. Well, when it first happened, I was like, I guess this is maybe it's budgetary like it would be much cheaper to animate in this style and it went on for long enough that i was thinking that it probably was maybe both stylistic in the fact that he's telling the story so they want to visually show that he's telling the story yeah. but also budgetary however towards the end of it when they started chomping the crack nut and breaking all their teeth i was like this would have been horrifying if they had tried to do this in a disney style <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe that's why I, they chose this minimalistic cartoon version. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think they did that purposely for that. it, yeah. it would have been really yeah <laughs> difficult.
0: Also, when perlipat changes.
1: Oh yeah, Pat too.
0: Yeah, like the way she changes, and she's <laughs> the noises she's making. <laughs> like this could have been really <laughs> disturbing. If they yeah. had tried to do all of this stuff in their faux Disney style that they were doing for most of the rest of the film.
1: Yes, yeah, so I they were pretty right, I think yeah. I do think they might linger on it a little too long for my taste.
0: It went on for a while like I, I thought it was yeah. gonna be like a quick thing and it was a significant chunk of the movie.
1: Yeah. I mean I can't think if they could shorten it I guess there's like a few things where they really didn't need to have anything. Like you didn't need to see the multiple mouse traps, I guess. Um, <laughs> I I always got the opinion that they liked that sequence.
0: I'm I'm sure they did. I think it probably yeah. was given to people who wanted to make something like an old style of cartoon because there was a lot yeah. in it that was like something you would expect to see in like a 60s Looney Tunes cartoon, like all the stuff with the mice and the queen being ridiculous and making this weird cake. It just seemed just very 60s cartoon. Esque, I don't know,
1: yeah. Well, it's funny because Phyllis Taylor is also very associated with the 60s, and that's mm. the part she's in,
0: yeah. that's another reason why I figured that they put it in this old style was because they like literally smash her to death,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's also <laughs> it, it's funny, it, it is funny because like a, a lot of old Phyllis literature, uh, it can get pretty violent, yeah. Um, they were very faithful, but yet they were able to portray that violence in a very cartoony way that worked. Yeah. I, I think it worked.
0: Yeah. Maybe a but it worked. I think that it was a good idea to change the style for this scene. Yeah. Because like I, it, it probably would have been a really dark, creepy cartoon if they had tried to do all this more seriously.
1: It does also differentiate it um, a little bit. Yeah. I do think it goes on for a little too long. I will say that, Um, but I see why they did it, and I think it was a good choice, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's a very boring part of the movie, to be honest.
0: It kind of Um, is. Like, I appreciated what they were doing, but it wasn't the best part of the movie.
1: Yeah, but then, on the other hand, if you take it out, the movie's a lot shorter, (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know if there's anything else they would have done instead of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, maybe a better ending. I guess. Maybe.
0: Maybe. But, um, uh.
1: Yeah. So this movie is very difficult to find nowadays. It's technically still copyrighted, but copyright owners don't seem to like really care about it. I think there might be a DVD available, but there's also a lot of bootleg DVDs available, so I can't really tell what's genuine. <laughs> and also they all look like crap. So that's fun. But it looks like they've been they're from like the V Jeff's tapes or the television tapes. Yeah. I actually did find uh, there's somebody on on eBay and occasionally they come up and resell this. They have the film reel of this film, as well as the Princess and the Goblin. And they Hmm. both look gorgeous. Like This film looks so much better on film. Obviously, it still has its problems. But it's kind of a shame that we're probably not going to be able to see it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I love this film, but it is a a mid tier budget production mm-hmm. you could say. Like it has some really great animation, but it also has some like really mid tier even bad animation at some points. I wonder if they were rushed during production. It I would be interested I got to learn that about impression
0: just yeah. just from watching it. I got the impression that this was a quick production and a cheap production.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't think they did anything after this either. So it might have been the last but don't quote me on that. So if I had to choose, if if I had that money to buy one of those reels, it would be Prince of the Goblin because it actually that one has a lot more like artwork and artistry in it mm-hmm. um, compared to this one. But I would do both if I could, but I couldn't. I can't. I can't even do one. Sadness. I need to get a millionaire uh, sugar parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just someone. Just be like, hey. I want this, and they could do it for me. That'd be nice.
0: Everyone needs one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but mine would actually benefit animation history, um, yes, of yes. the movies I like. <laughs> <Still. laughs> I would also do that for the 1972 Alice if I could. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, and the 1949. Alice? 1949.
1: We need a better transfer. The 1955 Hallmark one. Mm, uh, yeah. I think that's really it. To be honest, the other ones can rot. Right? <laughs> oh, 1915, of course. Sorry.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. The others can rot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about nineteen
1: oh three? Oh, that was uh, that one's as decent quality as we're going to get.
0: But if you're a millionaire, you could make it more decent quality.
1: Yes. <laughs> um i would like to see the quote-unquote restored version on youtube or in a higher resolution so maybe i'd get them if i was a millionaire i'd be like hey i need the higher resolution of that but right now it's like pretty low resolution it was the highest youtube could do at the time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: anyway i'm just rambling um (laughs) did you uh did you have any other points for this one
0: i don't think i had anything really specifically like i wrote my whole summary that we could have gone through but i think we've covered enough even though we didn't do it all in order like most of the yeah. stuff that i thought was interesting we've already talked about so yeah fair enough like the main thing that stood out to me was the change of animation for the backstory like that was the most i don't want to say the most interesting but it was the thing that stood out to me the most about this version was the fact that it was such a drastic change in style and then mm-hmm. what then when i figured out why <laughs> it made sense but the rest of it was kind of generic but it's fine i can see that if i had watched this as a kid i probably would have fond memories of it but as an adult it was just meh.
1: yeah i i won't say that about this one it's not very it's this is kind of a, you have to grow up with it or at least be mm-hmm. a really big nutcracker fan to be like oh wow they attacked most of the book <laughs> um <laughs> which i don't think there's many very many big nutcracker fans uh,
0: I think I think people like the ballet, but more as a tradition, like going to see the ballet at Christmas, because I know there are people that do that. Other than that, I don't know that there are people who are like, oh, I just love the story, because the story is just kind of weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just like, I'm a part of the Nutcracker Society. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think they'll have fun reviewing the different versions of the Nutcracker, because there's yeah. so many different versions of the story taken to so many different places
0: yeah like even more so than alice there's just so many completely different styles from like yeah. the weird disney one like i've already done two last year the two disney ones the one from i think 2018 and then the one that was last year the hip-hop nutcracker that one so far, I think it's my favorite. <laughs> what <laughs> the the, the hip hop Nutcracker? They have it on Disney Plus. It's it, it it. I I really like it. It had some weird choices that I would have done differently, but like some of the dancing was really really cool. I love the Mouse King.
1: Well, okay. Uh, it's Disney it's has- short
0: too. So if you have like forty five minutes, you could watch it on one uh, sitting.
1: Disney has a couple more quote unquote versions. They have a. Uh a cartoon short of Mickey and Minnie from Mickey Mouse works or the house mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you'll do this one, but they have a live action stage show that was performed at Disneyland. They actually did air it on TV. Now that I think about it.
0: I actually so have both of those on my schedule to record with, with Mickey yeah. and Katie. Cause we already, we did the two Disney ones. And then when I found those, I was like, well, Katie and Nikki already did the Disney ones with me. Why don't we just do these as well? So we're going to do those at once.
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. So that was um, that was Disneyland. So have fun with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was kind of hoping that there would be a more faithful adaptation at some point, but I don't think Disney ever did anything like super faithful.
1: No, Disney's never done anything faithful with Nutcracker, now that I'm aware of. But then, you know, what is faithful?
0: Yeah, true. Is Nutcracker yes yeah well i guess we can probably wrap this one up do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you
1: yes i am phantomize on youtube and that's it <laughs> <laughs> Really.
0: okay well until next time bye <laughs>